NASA should be defunded because we never went to the moon. They recorded over the footage, they recorded over the footage that they had allegedly. How stupid do you have to be? And now they're sending nudes. Yeah, they're sending nudes. And I think it's clear, $22.6 billion a year It's a little bit too much money It's an excessive amount of money To be giving these lying assholes They should be defunded Hello and good evening! My name is Josh and I'm joined as always by Aaron and Bob Where the folks can be found the best of the man is reason and the unreasonable makes sense out of nonsense Because this is okay! Hear me out! Bob, how y'all doing this evening? Fantastic. That was a great song, by the way. <laughs> Hell yeah. Once in a while, I like to throw a good one in I mean, there. I mean, like the factual, you know, a couple factual inaccuracies in there, but other than that, great song. Heresy. By the way, uh, that guy does some pretty great shit. It's uh, at Toxic Whiteness on TikTok, so be sure to follow him <laughs> if you're on TikTok. Is there any other kind of whiteness? <laughs> Okay. If you want to call in and let us know how good that other guy's song is, let us know at 1-833-666-911. Again, that's 1-833-666-0911. I, I saved it. Strike two. <laughs> strike two. <laughs> that was a strike two, yeah. Um, <laughs> you didn't oh. save shit. That was terrible. Oh. oh, perfect. I love it. So as that song was telling us... uh. Will sending aliens nudes lure them to us? NASA thinks so. <laughs> <laughs> NASA. So they're actually sending uh, nudes. Yeah. A- and also the location of Earth in the relative galaxy. Uh, is that what that picture it's, is? They're literally trying to set up an intergalactic Tinder. This is what's happening. Not, not even. <laughs> Bob, look at this. Look at this fucking picture that they're sending. Like, aliens are supposed to decipher the location of Earth in the universe with that. This is the, this is the 1970s one. I don't know what they... Did they send this again recently? No. No, I think they sent an updated version of it. Okay. Maybe, maybe 64-bit. Yeah. Are they too lazy to even show us what the updated version was? This well, is it's just NSFW, the old one? Aaron. Why would they need to actually show you the work that they did? That is just a lot more cover-up that they have to pay for. Uh, like, hours, you know what I mean? They've gotten so lazy that they can't even show you the fucking picture that they didn't even send to space. Like, they aren't doing anything <laughs> over there anymore. It's you have to so pay all these pathetic. people prevailing wage. It's, it's costly. I don't even know what you expect. <laughs> the best we can do is get a, an article written on discovery.com. I can't believe that they're doing that like that they're claiming to even do this they're not doing it obviously they do clarify here this isn't the first time naked depictions of humans have been sent to space the pioneer plaques sent to space in 1972 pioneer 10 and 1973 pioneer 11 missions also featured illustrations of stripped down man and woman so, so yeah, they those are the only sent these yeah, th- yeah is what they claimed so like they sent a space shuttle with the intent to just launch nudes into space like what did they well i assume it's a radio signal that's uh decoded to like to, to look like this right like in the air why would they be thing? able to decode our radio signals 
Well, they, there's there's some under well, for the Arecibo message at least there was some like universal quote unquote universal code. I forget exactly how they described it. There there was supposed to be binary. That's some, what they used. I'm sure. Okay. Oh, that is what just they like said. the genders here. That's not an accurate representation of Earth. That's what I'm seeing. Why would they assume that they would use binary? Like. Oh, it does say binary. Okay. It's so because fucking it's, stupid. To the human mind, it's like one of the most like basic systems, like ones and zeros. You know what I mean? If they can't true, decode true that, they're not worth uh, communicating with. Yeah. Yeah. The message is written in binary code, which is the science uh, which scientists believe is the closest thing to a universal language. Wait, how do you do how do you draw nudes in binary? <laughs> uh, it's probably pixels. I think it's just uh, zero pixel one art. for like the on-off pixels. Yeah, I think I think it's literally oh. it. Jesus Christ. Yeah, but how detailed, right? That's what I want to know. This is so stupid. <laughs> yeah. So uh, this is an open invitation to any aliens who receive this message, which is easy because it's just like a radio broadcast. They don't have to do much, right? It doesn't take up much of the $22.6 billion a year annually that they spend. Oh, thank God. Thank God <laughs> it's probably just that 0. 0.6 remainder on the end. That's probably where this comes from. Yeah. yeah right. they, they saved the $22.6 billion to uh, solve, you know, the, to do really cool shit, like not go to the moon, pretend to go to Mars, and uh, apparently uh, make spacesuits uh, that can uh, go into a pool without you dying. You mean like a, a submariner suit? <laughs> well, our oh, no. scientists have discovered something uh, quite interesting recently. You need to know what science discovered. You need to know today. Whether it's space or bones uncovered, it's definitely fake and gay. Scientists have discovered drowning in a vacuum <laughs> they did it guys <laughs> they're drowning their scientists in space <laughs> not for the reasons that you think they're definitely not filming these things in a pool that's green screened definitely not the case okay it's it's, it's uh, wait, potentially we need, some, we need some context bob it, it's the 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 straw attachment to the bottom of their their suit that reaches into like their their little drinking pouch that they have installed in their um in their suit so they can keep hydrated while they're on the job, right? Little water bottle, a little uh, camel pack setup yeah. going on. Yep. And one one of those little like straw things disconnects that leads up to your mouth and it just fucking water just kept going through. Uh, Don Pettit invented a space coffee cup. I think he can invent something to solve this problem. It seems pretty damn simple to me. But there is no like I don't understand the flow of that liquid. It doesn't make any sense. Because like, well, it makes you, no, it makes there's no pressure. Sense. They're in a vacuum. Not the way they describe it. <laughs> can, I, well, can I actually if, ask if, Josh here what he thinks about yeah, this? Okay. Yeah. Oh, please. Josh, yeah, go on. So you're an astronaut. You have enough water to hydrate yourself for three. I wish for three hours on a spacewalk. Um, in what world does that drown you? Is that enough water to drown you? <laughs> Hey, uh, Aaron, I know, I know this may be hard to believe, but um, in, in my life here on Earth, I mean, so it's different conditions from space. I've gone three hours without water before. I know it's incredible that they can't figure that one out. But 
they do pretend that they use water tubes, at least back in 69 when we landed on the moon. Uh, they did pretend that water tubes was what kept their suits cool um, at the 200 degrees Celsius uh, sunlight phase of the moon landing. Cool? What? Cool? I- <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Bob, your, your computer right now, if it didn't have... Water cooling system, it would be 500 degrees. <laughs> Fucking well, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't know, I don't know the physics behind heat transfer in like in a void with just like radiation heating you up. I don't know the, the details behind that. I, it well, yeah, you true. need uh, you true. need molecules to transfer heat, but since the no, sun there's can radiation, trans- so like, but since the yeah. sun can transfer it to our atmosphere. And then, like, you know, spacesuits are made out of molecules. You would assume that that could heat up. Like, it's it does transfer through a 98 million mile vacuum, apparently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. 92, I think. I, I, they're both <laughs> made up. You might be right, though. <laughs> that changes everything, Bob. Yeah, million miles, I think. That's the distance from Earth to the sun. I only know that because after talking to you so much about it, actually, Aaron. <laughs> I, yeah, I have a lot of dumb. Sp- I have a lot of made up space numbers in my head. Honestly, not for a guy that doesn't believe in space. I have way too many space numbers in my head. It's like it's like a Trekkie learning Klingon. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you just have this made up thing that you know too much about. Yeah, Bob, how many 40K numbers do you have uh, stored in your head? Oh, just the one. <laughs> <laughs> Well, okay, so I'm I'm thinking about this like logically. I'm like, what like there's there's no force pushing the water out of the It's supposed the to be baggie. a straw. Yeah, it's supposed yeah. to be a straw, but if the straw's disconnected, it's still coming out of like the end of a hose. But there's no suction factor to it. There's no discrepancy because it's inside the suit. There's no pressure variation that would force it out. It's not being siphoned out. So how does it keep just running out of the little baggy thing? And why couldn't he just like gulp it up because it's supposed to be clumping in front of him and shit like he could just be like oh, I'm, I'm like oh no too much water oh no <laughs> <laughs> well what's what's the air circulation like filtration system inside a suit like there there could be some pressure actually oh i see true true i i see what you're saying so there would be a pressure variation okay still like josh said you can go three hours without water like yeah just shut or, it or like Aaron said, with a little bit of water a less than drowning amount of, like it, it takes a few inches to drown someone yeah, give it, give him like two Capri Suns worth of water. Like, <laughs> hell, just give him an actual Capri Sun pack. It'll stay in that better than the, this this stupid straw. Well, see, he could, except that's not why he's almost drowning. <laughs> well, you're not supposed to drink uh, chlorine. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Aaron, Aaron, do you have, a, do you have another another theory here? Are you? Yes, are you? Their training okay. pool. You know their training pool that NASA has that has an entire replica of the outside of the ISS in it. That they do training in water, uh, and they have multiple videos of them swimming around, pretending to fix the ISS in the bottom of a pool, and then they just go down there with their spacesuits, and they're just getting leaks in their suits, and the pool is fucking filling up their spacesuits. That's what's happening. And they film the they film them in the pool. That is how they do spacewalk videos. That's why they never turn around. They don't. They never turn around in a spacewalk. 
They uh, do you know this? Here's a fun fact about NASA spacewalks. Do you know that a, an astronaut has never once on a live spacewalk turned his camera up more than 180 degrees? What? Not one time has he ever just turned around. <laughs> what, what was that uh, uh, Pettit and that other engineer quote about the, the staring into the void of blackness of space? Yeah, they've never done it apparently because that at least when the cameras are rolling, they will not turn around. They only look at one one block of like what you can see. They barely turn and they will never turn around, not ever once. It's because in their pool... And this is there's many photos of this. There is a giant green screen on like a big tarp roll down that they can just roll down and they literally green screen the earth and do their live spacewalks in a pool. That's why there's fucking bubbles in every spacewalk floating past the astronauts. It's so stupid. NASA is a fucking scam. Have they not seen a, a Marvel movie? I, th- I think you can have green screens and more than just like, you know, just in front of you. I don't even know how to respond to that. God damn it. Uh, I do. Hold on. I hate you. (laughs) Do you know? I hate you. Okay, so Josh. Yes. Gun to your head. Is his Capri Sun's pouch of water drowning him, or are they filming this in a pool? Before you do gun to the head, I need to clarify that this newest incident is not about the straw, right? Okay. Wait, what? Oh, sorry. It's, it's, we, it's not. Oh. There, there was just a small water leak inside of the helmet, and there was like perspiration on the inside of like the visor, basically. That was like, oh. yeah. So it's just like building up like perspiration, I guess. And I think, yeah. But they do say the suit is leaking water somehow. Yeah. Do they, do they actually make the claim that there is a risk of drowning? Yeah. The, this Italian dude almost did drown like back in the day. Yeah. That, that was. Much longer ago, 2013. It was during a live spacewalk. 2013, I think. Yeah. Uh, he was having difficult breathing as 1. 1.5 liters of water had formed on the inside of his helmet. Yeah. What? Yeah. 1.5 liters. They carry that much water on them? They said the spacewalk was for seven hours, though. So I guess that makes a little sense. That's not even that much. You know when people get like the big one liter of Coke or whatever? Yeah, but your 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 fucking suit is what two thousand degrees Celsius? That's pretty toasty inside. You can still <laughs> chug a two liter, <laughs> so it's less than a two liter. <laughs> yeah. How do you almost yeah. drown if it's only less than a two liter of water in your house? That's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. You, that's you, you could just drink that much and yeah. get it out. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> He almost drowned because he's in a fucking pool. <laughs> way more than 1.5 liters coming in that he could not drink. This is a very stupid situation. Josh, what do you think? Do you think this is the real the, the real story is just that they have leaky spacesuits, water packs, and astronauts are drowning in space? Or do you think they might just be filming in a pool? Like, you know, as is obvious to everyone with eyeballs. I think this is another case, yet another case, where although NASA actually is in space, they do a lot of their filming at the bottom of a pool. 
Ah, yeah. And you know, yes. all the fun, all the funding goes towards the real spacesuits. So they're using like the the old, you know, shoddy damaged equipment there at the bottom of the pool. That's probably what it is. The Joe Rogan defense. Even though I believe that every moon landing video is faked, we still landed on the moon for sure ever since I got famous. So apparently the same spacesuit that almost drowned the um the Italian bloke was used nearly 2 years later and it nearly drowned another astronaut. This is like a recurring Haunted. thing. I had no idea. Huh. All right. But yeah, that's kind of, that's a bit sketchy. Right. All right. Enough about stupid NASA. I hate them anyways. <laughs> have you guys ever heard of, before I mentioned that I was going to talk about them, have you guys ever heard of the Odd Fellows? No. I don't think so. If I did, I don't know anything about them. Take a wild guess at how many Odd Fellows members there are in the United States right now. I, I wouldn't have a clue. A couple Aaron, thousand? I, never heard of them. I have no idea the scope of their organization. 600,000 members. What? Yeah, what? <laughs> yeah, it's one in 500 people is an Odd Fellow, apparently. I've met 500 people before in my life. I know. I've never even heard of them until two weeks ago. Okay. You know, okay, so they were, uh, there was secret society founded in England right around the same time as the Freemasons. The reason they were called the Odd Fellows is they were another like craftsman guild, but just for general contractors. I guess so it was like not odd jobs. actual, not actual. Oh, okay. Wait, so, so they didn't have like actual skills because m most of those uh, <laughs> guilds fraternal organizations were based on um, you know, apprenticing and maintaining and keeping secret the tricks of the trade um if they were odd jobs so, they, so they're the, the fraternal secret organization that just didn't have any actual skills like masonry or farming or whatever yeah it was like literally the guys that would come like fix your porch i guess like <laughs> go get the cat out of a tree fraternal order of drywallers like you know <laughs> god damn <laughs> okay okay <laughs> That's how they started back in the early 1700s. This is literally um, like that community bit where there's like a secret society of uh, air conditioner repairmen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes. kind of like that. So they, um, they were basically kind of like the Freemasons. They just had a lot of weird symbology, and they split into like all these different like factions of Odd Fellows all throughout the 1700s. And then there's this one. How many guy, genocides Tom. did their factions cause? Probably Sorry. a decent amount. I hate you. <laughs> so go on, Aaron. <laughs> in England, this man Thomas Wildey, uh, he's the founder of the American chapter of Oddfellows, was born. He was born in like 1780 something. But anyways, he moves to America in 1819. And he opens up his fraternity of odd fellows there and dedicates it to orf like orphans. Like that wasn't like a thing really for them back in England, but in America he made it centered around orphanages. And the reason that Wikipedia gives is that Thomas Wildey was an orphan when he was five. And then started working at his uncle's uh, 
carriage spring fucking company, I guess, and learned how to make carriage springs. Which portrait should we be looking at of this guy? The the guy with the oh, beard? The huge, the big fat guy. Now, this is the guy that helped him found it. This guy looks this like a gremlin looking motherfucker. Villain. Yeah. <laughs> no wonder he was abandoned as a child. <laughs> he yeah, looks right? like a king that's beheaded at least 13 of his wives. Like, Dude, that's, that's just what Danny DeVito. Like. <laughs> this is this is what happens when you're an orphan and then you learn to make carriage springs apparently you become immediately wealthy travel to america and start a weird fraternal order and wear giant medallions and a bunch of expensive clothes hey aaron aaron just uh, out of curiosity are, are carriage springs like a particularly detailed craft is this something he'd you know like he had to pay t- pay a lot of attention to not really. It kind of looks like, uh, you know, those like black cast iron like fences. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Yes, Josh, it took a fine attention to detail. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. I'm retarded. Yep. <laughs> yes, he had quite the attention to detail. Aaron, you Best even led, led with that. Baltimore. You led with that like two hours ago. I was like, oh, this guy found success in his attention to detail again. <laughs> well, I've never claimed to be a smart man. <laughs> You're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, go on. So yeah, yes. With an attention to detail, became super rich and just found a bunch of other British guys who used to be odd fellows, and they start this new chapter where their their creed is: visit the sick, relieve the distressed, bury the dead, and educate the orphan. Okay, all of those sound. Pretty terrible, except for like the last two. But the first right? are fine. It's like you know, <laughs> well, be, just do community service. It doesn't but then, sound like, like the that. bury the dead is weird. They do these weird rituals, I guess, where they one of the initiation rituals is you have to like hang out with a full human skeleton, like a real human skeleton. And uh, when they did re- renovations in uh, these workers, did renovations to a lodge in philadelphia which is funny because they had to do outside contracting when they're supposed to literally <laughs> be a fraternity of general contractors um That's they had great. to go get drywall guys and when they were doing the drywall they found a fucking <laughs> bunch of human skeletons in the fucking drywall are you, are you being serious right now <laughs> i swear to god they, <laughs> yeah they had just human skeletons drywalled into their lodge in philadelphia i thought you were just tacking on to the drywall joke earlier. <laughs> no, they, they literally had that. But just drywall assholes being like, what the fuck? <laughs> Terrible. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's yeah. They're weird. Okay. What's, what's the explanation there? Were they arrested for the, the murder of these identifiable people? No, of course. It's always like, oh, they probably did that with their bury the dead ritual, but it had to be an old member that wanted to be buried there. I bet. Like nice. it was all consensual. It's yeah. exactly how they did it with with Benjamin Franklin when they found like fifteen child skeletons in his fucking house in France. They're like, well, he was uh, probably studying anatomy. Don't worry about it. Did did was he Benjamin run an Franklin two timing his secret society? Oh yeah, sorry, <laughs> Bob, Bob Bob's point. He was already in one. He was already a mason. Yeah, this was yeah, cheating on but, them. But was he running an orphanage too? <laughs> That I don't think so. Okay. This now these guys had like a ton of orphanages, and 
Bob, I know people listening can't hear this, but, but pop up the pictures of some of those orphanages and scroll through because we are going to be on YouTube very soon. And I, you know, then you can at least look at these. But like, They'll look at the show these notes. old ass orphanages. Beautiful. They look like castles. Like they're fucking gigantic. Now, One in Texas. Throughout the entire 19th century, we have all these orphanages that pop up and insane asylums, and they all look like Victorian mansions. Like, they're they're fucking insane. I mean, it's literally what, like, the Professor Xavier's mansion in X-Men or the, the you know, Gotham uh, Arkham Asylum, stuff like that is based off of, where those are straight-up yeah. castles and mansions. Wayne Manor is, like, looks like a typical orphanage in the 19th century. Um, <laughs> AKA or an insane asylum. They literally look no different, but there's, I'm not exaggerating when I say thousands of buildings just like this, that are just dedicated to being orphanages and asylums. Wait, but Aaron, Aaron, I, th- I thought the, I thought the mental health issue in children was a, a modern, uh, very, very recent, uh, very school yeah. shooter oriented problem. Definitely not a 19th century thing. Well, Come to find out, when I'm le- learning about these orphans back in the back in the especially the 19th century, they, I guess they would take they would get these parents to sign away consent, and they would um, re-educate them completely. And it was there's like old newspaper clippings where it's like um, talking about how your money going to an orphanage will help like uh, make these children become functioning members of society, but they like. They're they're almost like these crazy like Catholic schools, most of them. Like think of like the the meme version of a Catholic school, like then times one hundred and you live there. Like it's the orphanages are horrible. Nuns with rulers, spiked rulers. Basically. I mean, yeah, it's like it's always been like limited resources, you know, no one really gives a shit. There's more kids than adults. Kind of like me. Yeah, imagine like the boarding school in Matilda, but there's no money and there's no (laughs) magic girl that's like save them all. There's just a big fat bitch that beats the shit out of them all day. Right, right. And that's like the story we know about. Public schooling is a modern problem. Well, that's the story we know about these orphanages. And then they came up with these, they came out with these orphan trains that we learned about. And this is where I want the, like the tie in on this. Um, So you have this weird secret society in the 19th century running like hundreds of orphanages they 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 had orphanages in every fucking state multiple throughout the biggest order and then they were sending children to families that were going to like adopt them um out in the midwest and stuff but there's different accounts of these kids uh right like that when they got older like okay i Shared a video, Bob. Play the video of this one kid's account on the orphan trains. Many children lost their identity through forced name changes and repeated moves. In 1996, Alice Allier said, quote, I was one of the luckier ones because I knew my heritage. They took away the identity of the younger writers by not allowing contact with the past. End quote. Jesus so, Christ. That's who the old lady is in that picture, by the way. It's this Alice Ayers in the, in, being interviewed in like 1990, talking about her being on an orphan train in like the early 1900s. What the hell? Holy shit. Yeah, because they had these orphan trains going for like 50, 60 years. 
um, and they transported over 300,000 children. And so they, uh, parents that signed away their children would, they would just give the kids new names and they were young enough where like, they didn't know their original name or anything. Half of them didn't even know they were adopted. Um, and I guess, especially in the, uh, 19th century, they would just like, if somebody was willing to buy children for like labor, they would just sell them to them. Holy shit. What was that what was well, happening? Were they like, was there a bunch of labor occurring at these orphanages? Yes. And then the other place that started happening where did you know they had uh shit, what's it called? It's like called the colored colored orphan asylums. They <laughs> would they apparently would just take all the as many like Native American and black uh kids as they could from their parents and just uh try to reinstate them into society as civil civilized functioning adults. Huh. Like Johns Hopkins ran one. Uh, there was another one running Ohio. So this is like part of the way how we have this giant uh, weird orphan situation going on for about a hundred years in the 19th and early 20th century. I felt like that was carried. It, it might have gone on much longer than that. I feel like it's one of those things that have gone through human history that no one just like knows too much about or understands or there wasn't too much documentation about it you know what i mean i, mean, I feel like heard these things the past portion of it right yeah i i feel like these have been around for a very long time up until recently right the part i didn't know is that like for most of the time they're running these these kids wouldn't really be they didn't even know they were adopted they didn't even know what their real name was at birth. Like, it's not like they were given their birth certificate. They were just like, well, we'll sell them to this family out here at this farm. And you're just now their family name. And they had well, no yeah. idea because they're selling like three year old. You think like fucking 400 years ago, people were like, oh, yeah, birth certificate. Uh, who's this child? Like, no, they're just like, here's a group of adolescent fucking thugs on the street that are like seven years old trying to rob our apples. No, but what ha a lot of what happened was like they were like pretty much getting these poor immigrants to just like they were just ripping their kids away from them and and selling them, selling them Jesus. like it became like a business. And of course, like they just they're like, no, we're 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 just doing it because we love the everybody it's like, you know, it's always like a church initiative or this weird secret society like. I'm sorry, but the guys with the uh, all-seeing eye and the hand with a fucking heart on it and the skull and crossbones uh, being like, oh, we're just here for the good of the child, and we just run 6,000 orphanages all just by charity. Like, they they claim that these all these orphanages were run purely from charitable donation, but the living conditions are were horrible. I can't even imagine how they kept this many running, and... I'm sorry, how many charitable donations did it take for them to build these Victorian mansions that they kept these kids in for the, like, there, you know what I mean? There's no explanation on how they get even use of these houses or where they came from. Like, they're just like, well, it was, uh, St. Asylum was built by the state or, oh yeah, the Oddfellows just built this orphanage. And you're like, they just built a castle in the middle of Iowa. Well, they're craftsmen. <laughs> You know. Oh, it's general contracting. <laughs> yes. That's yeah. what it was. Yeah, they have the means. Like, 
if you think that it like if there's a bunch of general contractors that are just getting charitable donations to fund an orphanage, wouldn't it just be like a big house or like a series of houses? Like how did they get the money together to build a giant mansion but not have the money to like give the kids a change of clothes? Oh, and then they then they're found to be selling children. To, they had to it was so bad they had to make a law in 1851 i believe where it was uh adoption had to be like a formal written thing because before that they could just like they were just being sold like without any documentation jesus christ the first child adoption law was on the books in like 1851 i believe i'm wondering about like the the relative level of formality and documentation to to slave trade uh because i feel like there was more uh more regard given um for you know the, the existence and the the uh keeping track of slaves and there was these children that was one of the things that was a major complaint i guess among the black population is that there was a bunch of black children with these colored asylums the black children were being literally sold but they were being adopted so they weren't considered slaves even though they basically were just being used for free labor like being put to work in factories. Well, at least that kid doesn't have slave papers then. Right? No, I mean, I guess if he runs away, <laughs> right? he's good. I, I, like, I don't know he, how these things work. Josh is his... laughing at me. <laughs> Josh is like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. But I, I don't know. <laughs> right? Because it's always like, well, we're, just, you know, I don't know. The only things that I've ever seen is like the movies where it's like the white man has the, the free black man. Where's your paper? And then he tears it up anyway. Or is like freedom and shit. I don't know how these things work. Fuck it. Continue. <laughs> okay, yeah, so, so Aaron, you, you have this overwhelmingly large secret society across the country that's running a bunch of orphanages, has uh, cared over tens, hundreds of thousands of children. Um, the Oddfellows by the, the late 19th century were named the, the world's biggest secret society or fraternal organization by the World Almanac. Where does it go from there? What the hell is a World Almanac? I don't know. I was reading this page and it is something something. <laughs> it sounds like another secret organization that I've never heard of. Anyway. Actually, let, me, let me look that up. It doesn't sound like they're so bad, though. They're helping out orphans. They're getting them jobs, making them um, do-gooders in society. You know? Idle hands, devil's things. I don't know. What's that saying, Aaron? Get the children working. Idle it's hands a good at thing the workshop of the devil. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I, I'm seeing nothing but positives here. Uh, what are you implying, Aaron, about this this group of very nice people and craftsmen? I'm not really <laughs> implying anything. Like this is like the non-conspiracy part. Like this is the. It's just weird that we have this organization that one in five hundred people apparently are, and I've never even heard of them. And I'm sure that for the most part, that like most of the members nowadays are like basically no different than like American Legion or like most of the Freemasons, you know, where they're just like a bunch of old, old guys going and like getting away from their wives and going and having a few beers with a bunch of other old guys. But you think it's it's so innocent. You think this is all just so innocent, don't you? Yeah. (laughs) Really the thing that, that, is weird for me about it is that a that it's the secret society that was it, it's the secret a secret society and like 
the Catholics are the only people running these all of the orphanages for the better part of 100 years. And they have this the the real weird part is it goes back to the orphan trains, which we talked about a little bit, but it's kind of like one of those conspiracies I have no answer for because it's so many people like in relocating 300,000 people in 1880 is not a small segment of the population. Like that's was was that over like a decade or the, that was like in, I think like over like 30 years from like 1870 to like 1900. Yeah. So they're paying for a lot of train tickets. You know, they're keeping them fed. They're keeping them healthy relatively. Right. It's keeping them alive. They would actually brag if they only, if these orphanages, if they only had like one or two deaths, they'd be like, yeah, we did awesome. Look how good we did this year. I would too. Back in those conditions when we didn't have, we, when we didn't understand like, uh, sanitation as a society yet, right? Like germ theory hadn't been discovered. We didn't know what made people sick basically. Yeah. I think we, that, that was pretty good to have like these completely absolute distraught homeless, you know, they have nothing. These kids have nothing. These people have no knowledge or nothing about anything either. The adults. I think sanitation's a little overrated. To be honest, I think like it's more like refrigeration and and just like v- diet variety. Well, when people started is, washing, like, washing their hands, hands and shit. I, I no, think I know people, washing yeah. your hands is important, but like you know, having convenient running water helped with that. But like, I really yeah. think it's way more to do with like not eating bad meat and like you know, like somebody you wouldn't weren't going to turn down like a a piece of meat that was just just getting slimy back then. Mm-hmm. 1876, 200,000 die of food poisoning. And how many people went their whole lives without eating a single piece of citrus? You know what I mean? Like, you know, just different food variety. I can't even imagine the fucking canker sores that some of those fucking guys had. (laughs) Like, that's why I think, like, I think the germ theory assholes swooped in to be like, take credit for all the all the good health of (laughs) just like being able to keep your food cold. But they're, yeah, <laughs> and they're sneaking in limes into your food and being like, ha helping yeah, you. Yeah, the, uh, yeah, yeah, so you got like, a couple shipments of from yeah. <laughs> a ship from Florida once in a while, and. I don't know, I can easily, especially with, like, the other orphan thing that you brought in, I can easily see this as, like, given the time, given the, the resources, and given kind of, like, the cultural environment and stuff like that. Like they were kind of doing their best. Like they, there, there was obviously a problem with orphans running around on the streets, right? Back in the day, and it's like when you have an a society that has zero means of communication other than like feather and quill, and some guy like taking like a buggy and carriage to like deliver it for you. Um, well, it's so easy to fucking sell kids under those circumstances, though. Right. True. Very true. But it's the it was the way to get away with slave trade at the time. Yeah, but so like from like their perspective, it's like, okay, well, this kid, we can sell this kid to a company. He can work for like probably he's indentured for like, say, like 16 years or something like that. But it's like otherwise the kid would have like starved or gotten killed on the streets or something like that, too. So, you know, perspective. Okay, so that's not even the conspiracy bear. That's the part that's like generally accepted. And I can't prove any of this okay but this is just my thoughts on it i feel like 
this whole moving all these kids to these cities in the Midwest was like, and and keeping these orphanages and having a significant amount of the populate of the child population in America go through basically these Masonic uh, t- style re-education camps was like a way to just kind of make history whatever you wanted it. Like they could just teach them whatever the fuck they wanted, tell them this is what happened, and just send them to populate everywhere. Thank God the Carnegies helped standardize the school system another, you know, 50, 60 years later. Before so these that, guys that could uh, building get their up hands too? on it. Yeah. Well, the the rest of the population coming in is a bunch of fucking poor immigrants. They don't know what the fucking history of America. They can just say whatever they want after that. Like, that's the part that bugs me a little bit is like, I think this is kind of where we lost, like, we lost a lot of history in this time period. I, I think that's why, like, when I talk about, like, these giant castles and in fucking uh, San Francisco that they claim they built between eight, you know, a bunch of gold miners built them in uh, between 1851 and, and 1868. They're like, Oh yeah, a bunch of guys in horse and buggy went across America and with a, with a gold pan and then just built a castle out of fucking solid marble. And there was a city of a population of a million built in a day, basically over in San Francisco. You're like, I don't think that's what happened. I think they just repopulated an already standing city with the people gone, and we don't know why. You think they could have? Because you were say you were saying that they were shipping the kids to like the, the Midwest, right? Do you think they were like oh, one of their obvious buyers for child labor? Basically, was like farmers with like small families that didn't have enough like labor to take care of the farm. I think they blame like. them, but I think it was probably, probably like what that day's equivalent of like corporate farms and ranches yeah. using slave labor. Like, Oh yeah, you live on the fucking ranch. You're out in Montana being just worked to death by some land baron, basically mm-hmm. that has the money to buy these children that the small homestead family, a, didn't give up their kids and they already had their labor and it was hard enough for them to just feed their own family, let alone buying children from fucking New York, a place they've never <laughs> been, never even knew that was an option. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're like yeah. imagine the land barren cattle ranching villain from every Clint Eastwood movie. It'd be like those guys that have just like an army of boys that fucking work for him that all ride in with their pistols. He, because he raised God. them when they were five. Like that's, that's a lot of who grabbed those kids up. Th- this is the second time this episode where our rendition of history was d- like defined by Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> I, I kind of hate that. We're like, we know nothing about this system that took place. We weren't taught this. Now, right? uh, you know what, though? Like that. It's just that I know that that's like a Hollywood thing and it's not quite like that. It wasn't like gunfights at high noon. But yeah. If you imagine yeah, a lawless America and then they're sending 300,000 children out west, who are they sending it to? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, yeah, the, guys, the that, who need needs work. labor out in the west yeah. that has money? Yeah. So do you think the, these odd fellows were more directly involved with the whole orphan train business than 
just running some of the orphanages across the country? Well, their orphanages are where they got a lot of these kids from the orphan trains from. They ran most of the orphanages, and that's where they were getting a lot of them from. They also got a lot from New York City, oh, but they okay. also had their own orphanages in New York City. And that's where they also had the uh, Johns Hopkins colored uh, asylum for colored children or whatever the fuck. And uh, there was another one run out of Cincinnati and another one, in, I think a different one in New York City. The Johns Hopkins one might not have been New York City, but it's in the Northeast somewhere. But there was like what was, multiple. What was that one called again? Colored Orphans Asylum, I believe. The Jews. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Jesus Christ. Great talk of them. I know, seriously. Fucking hell. So it's something I want to dive more, or I want to like keep looking into. And if I find something, I'll just bring up. I won't probably dedicate a whole episode to it unless it's like fucking super concrete, but I keep finding out weird shit about this orphan period that I think there's something there. I just haven't quite put my finger on it yet. And I really think there's like a, a relocation and like re-education effort that happened with these weird secret society orphanages. Okay, so let me ask you a question. What's the symbolism behind some of their logos here? Because they have quite a few. Um, they have the Ark of the Covenant. A lot of them are religious. What's like um, the triple this, the triple ring one? That I don't know. I don't know what the skull and crossbones is. There's the all seeing eye. The the, well, bag, the triple ring the, seems to be like chains on the in one picture at least. Yeah. Like and then what about the bundle of sticks over here wrapped up? Uh on the right. I, I can't think of it. The only thing I thought of was be like, oh, that's because you're a faggot. <laughs> but I, I, was, I was hoping for a better good joke. delivery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was really it's struggling okay. with that one. It's okay. But they uh, have the hand like, and the heart is supposed to be like friendship. Oh, okay. And then I saw the sword and the balancing scale is like some sort of justice thing. Justice, I imagine. Yeah. yeah but, there's a coffin for bury the dead. Uh, I don't know what that weird like. There's a, a Bible on the left. Uh, what's that one? Sand timer. What's that called? Hourglass. Hourglass. Uh, yeah, an hourglass. Sand timer. Uh, dude, sand, I fucking. Said, yeah. I said sand. Yeah. Oh, sand. Okay. <laughs> That's it a little less sense. retarded. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they, they just have a bunch of weird symbolism and. They're just okay. a weird, they're an odd group, and they're supposed to be like religiously and politically neutral, but obviously a lot of their symbolism is like Christian symbolism. What do you? What's the news about them today? Like in modern, I think today it's literally like a bunch of American legions, and they don't have really any orphanages. I there might be a couple left, but um, well, if we get a Roe v. Wade overturned, orphanages are probably coming back. <laughs> good then we can teach them to not be hateful <laughs> thank god for the odd fellas oh god josh <laughs> so yeah that's so, basically it just your standard orphan becomes a rich guy who looks like <laughs> looks like a fucking cartoon Danny DeVito. Villain. yeah mm -hmm. he just looks evil look how evil he looks that's they're doing him favors in this portrait too they're, his <laughs> He's got some other ones where he looks worse. Yeah, it's, he's pretty fucking raunchy. 
Another situation like hospitals across the U.S., where a lot of them are founded by Christian organizations, and you can see that in the naming and whatnot, where without that, we just wouldn't have access to medical care uh, throughout a bunch of uh, America's history, where the Oddfellows stepped in, stepped up to the challenge, and they're the ones who helped uh, give kids access to orphan care and child care, affordable child care for all. That's that's the Oddfellows right now. Oh! I wonder... <laughs> I wonder how much it, how many of these like uh, orphanages and uh, all these different things that churches have been in charge of for for a lot of time. Like, I think your local church probably for the most part is fine. But like, I think there's definitely some especially like the Catholic Church that has infinity. Money. I think they're running like weird child selling businesses out of a lot of these. Like, I think that happened for a long time. Is this where I feel, feel bad that they didn't try to sell me? Yeah, good to your head, Josh. <laughs> Do you think that the the Catholic Church was doing that as well? At, at that time? I, yeah. Yeah, probably. 100%. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's an easy one. <laughs> All right. Are you guys ready for some uh, Bill Gates? Oh, always. With Dr. Bill. More solutions to the world's time. children. <laughs> Yes, yeah. actually. There'll be no more <laughs> Specifically orphans the after Bill children. Gates is done with them. Yeah. <laughs> so, Bill Gates did another pandemic TED Talk. Uh, not TEDx. Awesome. So, we know so it's going to happen in five years. Yeah, four Got or it. five. Yeah, yeah, it's great. And it's titled, We Can Make COVID-19 The Last Pandemic. So All we have to do is kill everyone. And then we no more <laughs> pandemics. Well, he I doesn't. say vaccinate everyone, but you know. He doesn't pull out the population equation this time, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> oh, man. It's, it's, it's a little more subtle. So, hold on. A little my less first, mathematical. Uh, he, he starts it off like this with a little chuckle. The COVID pandemic has killed millions and upended economies. And we want to stop that from happening again. <laughs> So I, I was listening to No Agenda earlier. They had a, a World Economic Forum clip from Bill Gates from, from the other day. And uh, like Adam Curry was going on about this micro chuckle, how Bill Gates was definitely laughing when he said something. I think he just has super shitty diaphragm control. And that's like, he, that's just how he talks. Josh, I, the excuse I think you're full is out of, shit, of you. Dude. I think, I think he the... fucking got a good chuckle about saying he doesn't want to kill everybody. <laughs> Well, of course he does. We but I mean, definitely I, I, want I don't to stop think... the next COVID nineteen. <laughs> I I just think the the reading into the speaking like that is not necessarily always laughs, and a lot of times it's just shitty diaphragm control. Bob, replay that. Sound like they're crying whenever they talk. Re replay that so Josh can hear how wrong he is. Oh God, um, I lost my timestamp, but here, yeah. pandemic has killed millions and upended economies. And we want to stop that from happening again. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. Okay, the one Adam McCurry was pointing out, that was a diaphragm thing. This, I, I'm on board this, for this. Sorry, this wasn't, was, yeah. The, this, Josh, this would me. be like if I'm like, no, no, Josh, I don't think you're, you're gay at all. <laughs> 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 yeah, basically. Brutal. <laughs> They'd be like, wow, Aaron was really sincere there. Too bad he has a diaphragm problem. <laughs> a diaphragm problem. <laughs> yes, like Show the Alexandrian oh, I can't method, wait to blame Aaron. all of my shitty sarcasm on my diaphragm control. <laughs> I, 
<laughs> no, you're very charismatic, Josh. Everyone, everyone likes oh you. Oh my god! <laughs> wow, this is a cutting deep. <laughs> Thank you for that, Josh. That was good. <laughs> so, so he's super serious about stopping the next pandemic, right? So he brings up like this, this kind of historical representation of how we started fighting fires in civilization. So he's like, "Whoa, in ancient Rome, uh, we started hiring people to get some buckets and start pouring water out on on fires." That right. is he fucking kidding? He, he, is he really going to use the ancient Rome as an example? Yeah. Yep. That, has, the has guy ancient that Rome ever burned down was, before? He, not only that, Josh, the guy who started the fire department, the the. The court, he had like a firefighting business, so it wasn't like run by the was government. The thing of like Ben Hur, didn't, didn't that he would go and element? burn people's houses down and then he would light their shit on fire and oh, be like, yeah. pay me to put it out. And if they didn't, he would just let it burn down. Who was and this? then he became the wealthiest man in Rome. <laughs> it, I, if only Bill Gates were like a bit more read up, he wouldn't have made that unfortunate mistake that some people might uh may, might take as a parallel to the pandemic. Guys, he even has an yeah. ancient Roman bucket that he took out of like a fucking museum on display for his TED talk. Did he really? Yeah, I swear Dude, to God. He's <laughs> literally the bucket guy from Rome. He's using it because it's him. <laughs> he's like, hey, you wouldn't want there was a pandemic. If, you know, if only I could stop it by, you know, you using all the forcing you to use all the medicine that I have investments in. We'll get to the investments later. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> but let's stick with the allegory of firefighters in ancient Rome, because he was like, "Well, they developed a system. You have to give everyone buckets. You have to have a water supply and all this stuff." So he goes on. How over time we've gotten good at preventing big fires. Fire prevent. Well, first off, as someone that lives in California, that's not necessarily <laughs> true. <laughs> Well, that that one's from global warming. Those are unpreventable. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, and we can't even slow them down. Okay. We need carbon tax before we can stop those. Before exactly. those are a thing of the past. Prevention is kind of this pervasive thing. It's well funded. It's well understood. If an alarm went off right now, everyone here would know we're supposed to calmly gather, uh, go out, and wait instructions. We'd know that help would be on the way because we have. Lots of trained firefighters who practice. Okay, so he's setting up exactly what what he's proposing here, right? Are you guys catching on? Yeah, that we have a <laughs> yeah, standardized yeah. way to deal with a pandemic. Anytime they say yeah. there's a pandemic, you slowly gather outside the nearest fucking euthanasia center and you get yourself chock full of heart attack juice and you're good to go. Dude, just imagine if they had, like, vans with pandemic fighters that could come to your house and help you out with that problem. Yeah, and they have guns to, just to protect you while you're getting your medicine. Whoa, special inoculation devices. It's just, <laughs> my point is that it's it's a bad, like, analogy for, in the first place because we've like, understood how fires kind of spread and how to put them out for a very, very, very long time, like, hundreds of thousands of years, basically, we've discovered fire, or however long that was, 10,000? I don't know. But it, like everyone kind of understands what they have to do with that. It's very simple. But when it comes to like pandemics, they're all different. They're all different viruses, different strains, different types of viruses. Like, is it con is it monkeypox? Is it COVID nineteen? Like, those are all different standard issue things. And all like 
There's not a, like, oh, yeah, I have a monkey pox specialist that we all know locally, right? It's not, it's not entirely, it's not the same remotely at all in any regard, right? Well, no, we're just going to have a general vaccine uh, specialist is what they're going to have. Well, before we get to the vaccines, (laughs) you need your firefighters. (laughs) So despite what you see in movies, there is no group of experts standing by. Okay, by the way, in this TED Talk, he did play a clip from like a movie on a... Oh, this is... It's such a dumb clip too. It's it's literally like uh, there's there's an outbreak of some disease in some South American country, and but he shows a clip of like a helicopter coming down and like a couple people in hazmat suits run out of it. That's that's the clip. And this is he's like, oh look, oh if only we had that in for the coronavirus pandemic, we could have saved a bajillions of lives. If only we we need more helicopters and hazmat suits. Seven scientists, a helicopter, and some hazmat suits. We could have had this, guys. Yep, that's the solution. Only- well, no, you have to have one chick in the in the office that's looking at a map, and she's, like, typing on the keyboard real fast. She's like, oh, well, we know that the uh, the pandemic started from this small town in Wisconsin. And you're like, and, and then they all <laughs> fucking go there, and they keep it contained somehow. And you're like, how did they know any of this? What oh, the somehow. fuck? Because they'll be hiring data analysts. That's why. To prevent this oh, disaster. God. So we have to create a new team. I believe we should create what I call the germ team. Uh, Germ stands for global epidemic response and mobilization. This group is full-time. Their only priority is pandemic prevention. It's made up of a diverse set of specialists with a lot of different realms of expertise. Epidemiologists, data scientists, uh, logistics experts, and it's not just scientific and medical. Oh, by the way, there's his bucket. <laughs> That's right next to him. <laughs> I wasn't, oh, and there's so a special good. surprise inside of the bucket, Aaron. <laughs> I like his, uh, I like his uh, idea about the germ team, though. Yeah. And like, we can call them like Germans. Oh, and God. then. <laughs> And I think we should listen to the Germans on every idea that they've ever had. Nine. Because that's the only way. Nine. (laughs) (laughs) Medical knowledge. They also have to have communication and diplomacy skills. Oh, diplomats. They need diplomats on the germ team, guys. So we can easily persuade the German team. (laughs) The German diplomats. We need okay <laughs> German ger- bureaucrats. Tell me more. Yeah. <laughs> They're great at getting access to other countries, so they can help them out with their disease problems. Okay, so something about I don't remember what Bill Gates said, but it was something about Germans and fire. <laughs> In the glory of ancient, I'm getting Rome. rid of germs and disease. <laughs> he really loves ancient Rome, doesn't he? <laughs> Oh man. Yeah. And the Romans and the Germans and how we can eradicate the filth from our bodies. Oh man. Our communities. Oh man. All right. I didn't realize I I get the secret message Bill's trying to say here. I didn't realize how based he was. (laughs) I I love it. (laughs) So, okay. This is the. R&D that, that he's looking forward to in this new germ team. Now, with the right investments, we can have a whole new generation of tools, better diagnostics, 
therapeutics and vaccines. A good example uh, in the diagnostic area is this little machine. This is called the Lumira. Uh, we can have these all over the world. It can test for any number of diseases. It's a fucking ad spot. He's selling on the global market fucking testing kits. Wait, wait, did he, he um, named did he the steal fucking, this? He named the fucking product. He pulled this product out of an ancient Roman bucket that he took out of a museum. And he pulled yeah. a Lumera diagnostic system scanner out of it. And he's like, oh, we can get this globally. We can get it anywhere in the world. It's a pitch. This is a fucking pitch. How similar is this device to Elizabeth Holmes uh, and her her device, her thing? What, what was that? Theranos. The, the Theranos. Theranos. That, that, that did like a blood test thing. That, that was supposed to do a blood test things on the go. Isn't Elizabeth Holmes the chick that got brainwashed by her when got kidnapped? No, she's the one that scammed investors in the Bay Area. Yeah, I, I know what Josh is talking about. Oh, she, okay. she just got indicted or, or convicted, actually, of fraud. Yeah, she was making some super effective well, like, well, testing. What that box thing. was actually supposed to do? Well, <laughs> so it sounds kind of similar right now. But it, it's also interesting because he pitches vaccines as like the research and development phase. So he's like, oh, we need like technology, we need this, and we need vaccines. And so this is what this asshole has to say about vaccines. And more than just that. When we look at vaccines, they were the miracle of this epidemic. They saved millions of lives. But All right. Well, you were about to say something, Aaron? <laughs> oh, no. Just that it was Elizabeth Smart was who I was thinking of. Oh, okay. But yeah. Uh, so vaccines saved millions of lives. That's what Based just on said. nothing. Got yeah. it. Got it. But they can Except be. Except for those like 100 FIFA players that dropped dead of heart attacks. But <laughs> didn't save them, better. but it saved millions of others. Yeah. We need to invent easier to deliver vaccines that are just a patch you put on your arm or something that you inhale. We need vaccines that actually block infections. In this case, uh, there were lots of breakthrough infections. Josh, how many breakthrough infections on average? What was it? It was like 100% breakthrough infections this time around. Oh, like people are vaccinated and got it again or got it. Yeah, Uh, or got it. Yeah. I mean... What well, what was it? The the um, CVS and Walgreens or whoever just came out with their stats for testing, and there are more vaccinated people testing positive than unvaccinated people. Is that a <laughs> is that is that what we're looking looking for? That sort of stat. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's thank you, thank you, Josh. Yeah. Oh, you're you're welcome. <laughs> we need vaccines that are broad spectrum, so they work against most of the emerging variants, uh, which we did not have this time. And we also need factories that are standing by so we can build enough vaccines for the entire world within six months and achieve far better equity. The vaccines can also do something uh, that would be super helpful, which is to help us eradicate entire families of viruses. Uh, Innovative new vaccines used properly could get rid of the flu family, the coronavirus family. And there's a huge burden of those, even in non-pandemic years, and if we get rid of it, it, it can never cause a pandemic. So- Isn't it incredible how like eating like dog shit and not exercising and leading a sedentary lifestyle doesn't cause sickness? Just it's 
little microscopic things that you have to take our word for it. And this <laughs> patch that I'm, I happen to be selling is the only cure. And then isn't that incredible? What's the only, um, what's the only virus or thing that we've killed pathogen that we've killed through vaccines? Like I, I, that, that's what I was wondering is, um, for, you know, our, our polio, smallpox, whatever viruses, uh, measles, mumps, rubella, those, those things like, are, are they actually fully eradicated? Do they just not exist? No. I think they said polio is the one that's fully eradicated, but you, there's, well, it's not it's fully not. eradicated. Oh, like, it, it's just that they had zero cases one year or something. They, no, polio literally only crippled, like, you only got FDR legs, like, 0.2% of the time that you caught polio. Yeah, that too. And then they also just came out with new diseases that had the exact same symptoms as the bad polio. And then polio went away. So how the fuck do we know that that's not... They're like, no, no, it's very different. It's a different virus, actually. It's like, says who? The guy that paid you to say that? Like, what the fuck? There's still people getting weird spine diseases and fucking getting crippled as shit. So, no, you're telling me, oh, this is a different thing. So the other they, one doesn't exist past- anymore, and it's only because of the thing you happen to sell. Get fucked. <laughs> so, so dumb. Right. So th- that that's his goal, and at what cost? Uh, we can get more people high quality care. Dollars. And so this is not just a downer about how to stop things uh, from getting worse, but also which that. Sentence didn't make a lot of sense. I don't know if you guys caught that. No, it's supposed to sound hopeful, you dipshit. <laughs> if people believe him, then they're like, wow, I can put your patch on and I'll save me from all disease. Yeah, wait, sorry, what was the sentence again? I didn't mean to be a downer about how things are going to get better. Yeah. Because for Bill, that is a downer. He hates it when things get better. He wants everyone to be dead. Do you think he's talking about the mainstream media? Or he's talking to the mainstream media in that regard? I don't think... No, I don't know what he's saying. Well, no, he actually gets sad. He can't help himself but be kind of kind of oddly honest. Yeah. He gets actually sad when he talks about people not dying, even though he knows he's full of shit. Just the thought of people not dying makes him fucking weep inside. But what we just went through, uh, the IMF estimates that COVID has cost nearly $14 trillion. And so we need to <sighs> spend billions in order to save trillions. And here's the best part of this. Even when we're not having an outbreak, these investments, like the Lemira, those new vaccines, they will make people healthier. <laughs> Take it from me, a fat, big-titted ghoul. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a fucking uh, president of health. Take it, No, take it from asshole. the already healthy people, the sports Ball players and like especially the FIFA players that just drop dead from yeah. taking a fucking vaccine. They got well, it just goes to prove that exercise isn't enough, Bob. <laughs> yeah, okay. You're right. <laughs> They'll shrink the gap, the health equity gap, which is gigantic, between rich and poor countries. For example, uh, we can detect more HIV cases and, and do a better job of treatment. We can <laughs> Which doesn't exist. Thanks, Which, Bill. How does, that has nothing to do with vaccines, by the way. <laughs> no, the, the, the HIV vaccine is going to come out any day now. He, he just started bringing up no, points to other things that he was talking about. It's just cured now. Yeah. Don't you know that? HIV is just cured. 
They they do have some cure for it, don't they? Yeah, it includes AZT, and then you die. All right, still includes AZT, by the way. So Bill fucking laughed. He giggled when he first said it in the intro. He this will be the last pandemic, and I think he does it again here. This is not just a downer about how to stop things uh, from getting worse, but also a chance to make things better. Oh, okay. If we take the right steps, we can make COVID-19 the last pandemic. Did you catch it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> we take the right steps. <laughs> Sorry, I got my clips confused. Like buying there. all my products out of this <laughs> shitty bucket. I, I'm surprised he didn't pull like vac- different vaccines out of the bucket, too. That would have been great. <laughs> but j- just the, the-, the only way... I want a vaccine administered at all is a, he needs a vaccine in like a 50 cal to his face. <laughs> it's the only alternative method I want them trans transmitted. So coming, coming back to his premise briefly, um, we have these organizations across the world, like the CDC and the WHO that have specific divisions, departments for, for pandemics, for, um, you know, yeah, epidemics and the the management tracking, whatever of all that. To what extent does I don't know, I don't want to say this necessarily the the germ German task force, but to what extent does like that sort of thing already exist? To what, yeah, to what extent did that already exist before? Is there like effectively a standing, uh, you know, group of professionals ready to tackle pandemics? Yeah, everyone. At yeah, they're the called hospitals. Yeah, they're called doctors, nurses, the CDC, the WHO. These people do stand by. We already pay them way too fucking much. Way too much of the taxpayers' money goes goes into them just to build their stupid fucking building to, to host their meetings in. That's where all the money goes. And th- then they just launder the rest. It just disappears. They don't help anyone. But, but, Bob, do they have a helicopter and a Lumera? Of course. <laughs> of course they do. Why wouldn't they? Yeah. <laughs> so, dude, you, you know, you know how like I, I keep seeing news stories about how there's going to be retroactive product placement in movies and then TV where they they're going to like Photoshop in uh, brands that are like new advertisers. Um, I want to see that for like every pandemic movie that whatever whatever device they have is now going to be a Lumira. <laughs> or if they like name drop like Pfizer or something like that, like in the movies, like, oh my god, we need to we need to go to Pfizer and get our shot. Like immediately, that's like the goal of the movie is to get to Pfizer's like headquarters. <laughs> yeah. That's how they oh, cure the so fucking good. zombie. The, they got the zombie bite, but there's a uh, anti-zombie uh, shot at the Pfizer building. It, but you have to get it within like 28 days. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> that's a movie. <laughs> Perfect. So good. <laughs> All right, so Rocky my favorite by Lumera. My favorite part. He wraps it all up. He giggles a little bit when he says, "This will be the last one again." Uh, and some fucking lady comes up and starts asking a couple of questions. And the last question yeah. that she asks not is, a plant. Yeah, definitely. It, it's pretty funny. This has been pretty personal for you. You have, you know, the anti-vaxxers are out there. They are loud, and this has become personal. I just wanted to ask, like, how are you? How are you managing that? Well, it's kind of weird. Uh, <laughs> now, our, our foundation, the Gates Foundation, is very involved in vaccines, the invention of new vaccines, funding vaccines, and we're very proud that uh, through joint efforts like Gavi, uh, that saved 
tens of millions of lives. So it's somewhat ironic to have somebody turn around and say, no, you know, we're using vaccines to kill people or to make money or and we started the pandemic, even some strange things like that I somehow want to track, you know, the location of individuals because I'm so deeply desirous to know where everybody is. <laughs> uh, All right, real quick, I have this. So I'm talking about investments in three broad areas. Disease monitoring. <laughs> that, that was from earlier in the, in the speech. <laughs> It's so insane. They'll they'll get done just saying that and then be like, isn't that crazy? Yeah. I hope Bill Senpai notices me. They, for some reason, think I want to take out 10 to 15% of the world's population if I do a really good job with the vaccines. I don't know where they get this information from. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Just like so out of touch. Has no idea what's going on. Yeah. He's in touch. He's in touch with exactly what he wants to be in touch with. Hey, we talked about the orphan trains earlier, Darren. This is the new orphan train of like the modern society. They're not shipping people because that's a little, it's uh, a little sketchy. But there's just well, shipping it's also like way fucking... easier to just force everyone to have your product. Like yes. that's way better. Yeah. Yep. And that's that's basically the the Bill Gates TED talk for everyone that was interested. In his new world order kind of fashion, because the, the the who is moving forward, they're going to associate a bunch of like diplomatic control over to the who now. Um, I'll, I'll have to bring this. Up I saw a, that. Yeah. At a at a later episode, I'll have to bring this in. But countries are looking at like giving full authority over all independent nations uh, in times of like a global pandemic or something like that. And it's, it, yeah, as long as know. if it's called a global pandemic, then they own your country. They like they run your country. Yeah, yeah. They'll and they're the ones that say if it's a global pandemic. Yep. Yeah, they're talking about this <laughs> a mysterious universe. Apparently, it's a kind of more of a formality, or it's a you know an opt-in sort of thing. But you know, it's not it's not good situation. Yes, but once once you opt in, I think the way that they do it with like a treaty is that it becomes like permanently legally binding. That's like the unfortunate part. I mean, I want to know how legally binding it will be when they get to America and like, you know, they're knocking on people's doors. I wonder what's going to happen, but it's not, it yeah. doesn't matter. Whatever fucking gay contract or weird, dumb alliance they have, all that matters is, uh, are they going to come to my house and fucking stick me with the needle? Because then we'll see, we'll see what happens, I guess, if you get that far. But I think it's still going to be the same way it always has been, which is, they're going to lie a bunch and do a bunch of gay Jewish tricks on the fucking media until half the people are begging for the who to come in and stick them with a stupid heart attack juice. And half the people are telling them to go fuck themselves. And it's always how it is and always how it's going to be until like it gets so bad that people are starving. And then we start people just start killing government officials. Need I remind you of the M in germ, which stands for mobilize? They're, they want to come to your house. They're going to pay someone to come to your house. <laughs> yeah, we got to come up with the real the real germ acronym at some point. Uh. Well, if you want to call in and let us know what your germ acronym is. <laughs> I'm not going to do it Dude, again. We need Fuck to, you. Um, <laughs> we need, to, we need to plug and request it's the... one 866 That's 1-833-666-0911. Awesome. See, I can do it right, unlike somebody. <laughs> Fuck you. 
<laughs> All right. What were you saying, Josh? I'm sorry. Uh, we need we need to plug and request a theme song too. Remember episode 100, everyone. Oh, we're, yeah. we're going to have episode an actual 100. theme song. So for episode 100, uh, if you couldn't tell through Cabbage's weird voice modulator from the last episode, um, we're going to be doing a uh, theme song competition. We got a couple in the works, but I think having somebody send one in, I feel like we could get like some real like retard gold out of it. Like, are you just sending <laughs> something so shitty and perfect that it just becomes the theme song? And we'll figure out some kind of reward or something if that happens. But uh, you've you've obviously never heard Lumpy Headed Sean on a mandolin, or you would uh, ooh, not be say not be throwing such shade. <laughs> yeah, Lumpy Headed Sean, please make our new theme song. Yeah, It'll be awesome. some fire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone who has guys. a kazoo, all down, get it done. That'll be great. Exactly. <laughs> all right. Have a good night. Have a good night. Don't tell me you don't like my show. Whatever, fuck this shit. I have a PlayStation raincoat. You've got mail. What the fuck?